God's holy word, we'll be turning to Luke 5, and because God's word is holy and infallible and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is our authority from God Almighty, the King of Heaven, we'll stand as we give honor to God's holy word. If you're able, let's stand together. Luke 5, starting at verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he ordered him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathered to him to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Let's pray together. Our glorious Father, we thank you for this, your holy word, and we pray that by your word and spirit that you would make us as a spiritual sacrifice before you. Help us, we pray, to receive this, your word, and to grow both in understanding, especially in the knowledge of how we might be made clean in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You can get by with a lot of things not being really that clean. Um, If you sometimes you go to, if you visit uh, some homes, sometimes you find out well, you know, the floor really could use a dust dust mopping. It really could use a mopping. It could really use a sweeping. You know, but you can get by with it not being that clean, right? I mean, you'll live. And let's just say you haven't taken a shower for two days. God forbid you didn't take a shower for two days. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll live. But there's, some, there's something in life that if you're not clean, you will perish. That's on that day of judgment, standing before God. If you're not clean in the sight of God, you will perish for all eternity. And Jesus Christ uh, does a miraculous work of cleansing in today's text, and we'll talk a little bit about that cleansing, but also to the greater, more important cleansing so that we might have eternal life. Jesus began his public ministry. Uh, It's in really full swing at this point. His popularity continues to grow. Uh, Earlier in this chapter, it happened that while he was trying to preach, He was being crowded about to the point where he had to get on a boat and get off the shore and then preach to the crowd on the shore because you can't really preach with a big crowd pressing on you. So his popularity continues to grow. He's already gathered uh, some of his apostles and he has more to gather. He gathered uh, both Peter and uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And we'll see later in, in this chapter, he'll also gather Levi, who's also Matthew. So this is still early in his ministry. But as we get to today's text, what we want to find out is that we have to put our faith in Jesus Christ, for he alone 
can make us clean. Each of you are to put your faith in Jesus Christ because only he can make you clean. And we'll see this in two main points. Uh, The first is the cleansing work of Jesus the Messiah and the concealing of Jesus as Messiah. Let's look at this first main point, the cleansing work of Jesus the Messiah. Look at verses 12 and 13. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Now, it says here that this man was covered with leprosy. Um, I did watch... uh, a medical documentation or a documentary about leprosy in, in the modern world. I didn't realize this, but you could actually have leprosy in a suppressed way for up to 20 years, but it might not break out until later. Um, but if someone is covered, in other words, it's all over their body, this was an advanced stage, and likely this man had suffered for years. And what happens, some people call it a flesh-eating disease. It's not like the disease eats the flesh, but it kills the nerve endings. And because you don't have nerve endings, you might step on a tack or a nail or, or, you, or you might cut your toe and you'll get infected. And you don't realize you might have a splinter in your toe for, for three days straight. And it gets infected and you lose a toe. And that's why people with leprosy, have, they lose tips of the fingers and toes and even legs. We don't know if this man had lost fingers or toes at this point, but he was covered and suffered much with leprosy. No doubt he heard of the miraculous works of Jesus because it says uh, earlier in this gospel account that his fame was spreading throughout the land. People told how he had cast out demons. People told how he healed many. And this man sought Jesus out. And then when he found him, look at what he did. He prostrated himself and placed his face on the ground and implored him for healing. Uh, I don't like that word implore. Um, I think for clarity's sake, it's better to use beg because that's the true sense of the Greek word here. Nobody uses the term implore anymore, but we beg. And that's what this man was doing. He was begging Jesus for mercy. That's because also because his posture was in a posture of begging. He was lying with his face to the ground before the Lord Jesus, asking for mercy. And he begged him. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. In verse 12. These are also words of great faith. He trusted that Jesus was able. Jesus had the power and the authority to make him clean. In a like fashion, we should humble ourselves before God and we should seek the face of the Lord Jesus that he would help us when we struggle with some stubborn sin or we struggle with some other area of lack of faith or some other health issue. We should humble ourselves and come before believing God that he can help us. Notice that Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the man to heal him of his leprosy. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament laws concerning uh, leprosy, in Leviticus uh, 13, if a person had touched someone with leprosy, he would have been considered 
um, ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. Um, Jesus, we know, healed many at times with only speaking a word. He didn't have to physically touch him. But if we look at a, a comparative uh, an analysis of another gospel account in Mark 1, uh, 41, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion, and that's why he had touched the man and to heal him. Upon that touch, immediately the leprosy left him, verse 13 of today's text. Now, some might question, well, did Jesus become ceremonially unclean by touching this leper? Um, this is not a matter of whether or not Jesus sinned. I didn't realize this before, but if a person became ceremonially unclean due to a woman giving childbirth, um, you were considered ceremonially unclean for days, I think at least for, after delivering a boy child, at least seven or eight days where you were unclean, so you couldn't go into the temple because of that. But the woman didn't sin necessarily by bearing a child. So it's not a matter of sin necessarily. But keep this in mind. Not even the most meticulous Jew concerning the laws, the ceremonial laws, was clean in God's sight. Because even if he followed all of the provisions and the Day of Atonement and, all the, and made all the sacrifices and never touched anything unclean and always wore a garment of single fabric and all of those other details of the ceremonial law, he still had a sinful, tainted nature from which came all actual sin, original sin. Jesus is the only person, because he's the God-man, who came to earth who was actually pure by nature and from whom never came any actual committed sin. So ultimately, Jesus is the only pure man in all of history that has dwelt on the earth in this particular sense. And when we die and go be, to be with the Lord... We no longer have this sin nature. We become spirits of just men and women made perfect. We lose that sin nature. But not until then we continue to have that sinful nature. But this cleansing of Jesus, of this leper, pointed to something more important. It even points even now to something more important. That every man, woman, and child needs... We each need to be cleansed of sin. Only the person and work of Jesus can do that for you. Beg of him and ask him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean of my sin. If you come to him with faith, Jesus is willing. Now some say, well, I've committed so much sin. How do I know he's willing? John 6, 36 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. If you come to him with saving faith, he is willing. Isaiah 1, 18 says, Though your, skins are, your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. 
Only the cleansing blood of Jesus can make you clean in the sight of the Father for that great day of judgment. But look next. Jesus did this cleansing work, but there's also a concealing of Jesus as Messiah. That's our next point, our second point, the concealing of Jesus as Messiah. Jesus sought to conceal his miracles to some, yet to give a testimony to others. Look at verse 14. And he ordered him, that's the the healed man, healed of leprosy, he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, why would Jesus say, tell no one, but then let the priest know? Uh, There's a few reasons. Uh, Some sought Jesus to be a kingly, mighty, warrior, Messiah king, that he would take rule and dominance over the Romans, that he would go in and break up that Roman oppression and he would establish Israel as a great kingdom on the earth. Um, There were some who actually sought to take him by force to make him a king, and he had to leave them and depart from them. But that's not what Jesus came to do in his earthly ministry. He did come to be a king, but the king of the universe. And we'll see that a little bit later. Jesus knew that he came in the world first and foremost to be put to death for his elect, for his sheep. Jesus knew that a crown of authority would be given unto him, as it says in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, that all power and authority in heaven and on earth had been given unto him, but that crown would not come to him except through the cross through the suffering. As that suffering servant of the Lord, Jesus knew that he was to be rejected by his own and then face the wrath of the Father due for our sin. Jesus told the healed healed man to tell no one because his sacrificial time of his death had not come yet. Um, This is the very beginning of his ministry. He only gathered, as far as I know at this point, three apostles. He had many more yet to gather. He had to train them. He had to train many disciples as well. There were many more sermons for him to preach. There were many more signs and wonders to be done. There were many more to be healed, many more demons to be cast out. Jesus, we find in other gospel accounts, he even concealed himself as Messiah. Uh, And another occasion in order to accomplish this. There were some that wanted him to go up to the Feast of Booths. Jesus, let's go up to the Feast of Booths. We want you to be able to to go up with us and teach and preach. Well, there's a problem there. Because it says in John 7 that there were Jews who sought to kill him. They sought to kill the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, you know what? I do not go up to this feast because my time has not fully come. Because if he would have gone up, Jesus knows very well, if he would have gone up to the Feast of Booths, they would have killed him at the Feast of Booths before that he would have had that proper time which he was to be crucified. In verse 14, Jesus, though, orders the healed man, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. 
He wanted there to be a testimony that the priests would understand and believe that Jesus Christ is performing such mighty miracles as evidence of his being the Holy Messiah. On a practical note, the healed man was supposed to go to the priest and go and follow this uh, procedure where he was going to make an offering so that he could then be accepted back in the covenant community again. Because according to the Jewish law, if you had leprosy, you were to be isolated, separate from the people. You had to live in a commune with other lepers. And if somebody around came around you, you would have to call out, unclean, unclean. But now, after his healing, he again could join in the sanctuary. He could again join in the synagogue. He could again join in the Passover and the other feasts. But Jesus also wanted the priest to have a testimony of his miraculous works. Now, the priest had to do this declaration of the man as as clean after he offered an offering. Um, There are cases where people might have thought they had leprosy, maybe a scab or a sore. They inspected it. They saw whether or not it went away. If it went away, that person was declared clean. They can go back to normal life. But this was a man who had widespread, full-blown leprosy. And apart from Naaman, the Syrian, apart from Naaman, the Syrian, in 2 Kings chapter 5, there's no record of someone being clean, uh, cleansed, being made pure and clean from full-blown blown leprosy ever in the history of the Jewish people. And Jesus here was a testimony here of his miraculous work that this man with leprosy had been cleansed from the disease. Concerning what happened next, look at verse 15. Did this man disobey Jesus? Verse 15. But the news about him was spread even farther, and large crowds were gathered to him and to be healed of their sicknesses. So did he follow what was told in verse 14? Tell no one. Well, we don't know for sure, but how could you keep back the miraculous works of Jesus? There were other occasions where he healed entire crowds of people. But Jesus will be made manifest. Notice that there's one thing in today's text that will not apply to you. The man was told, tell no one. What about you? Are you to tell no one concerning what Jesus has done? Now that Jesus has died, has been resurrected from the dead, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, he wants us to go and instead tell everyone. For every tribe, nation, tongue, and people shall come unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to make disciples of all nations. So, in fact, this was for a time, tell no one, but now we are to tell everyone. Now, what, one last thing that Jesus would say that we should somewhat conceal is that when we have our private devotions, don't do it out in the open like the Pharisees who do it for 
Um, don't pray out in, in the public square to, to be praised by men, for they shall have their reward. But Jesus says, go to a private place, an inner room or a closet, when you go to pray. And <laughs> interestingly, uh, there's no real private room for Jesus, but very often he goes to a private place, and he does this in verse 16. Jesus would slip off away in the wilderness to pray. If it's important for Jesus to have private time and prayer to the Father, it should be important for you as well. We are to put our faith in Jesus. Only He can make you clean. <coughs> the cleansing work of Jesus the Messiah is evident in today's passage. But more importantly, from not being cleansed from a disorder or a disease, Seek the Lord Jesus that you would be cleansed of your sin. You cannot get by without being cleansed of your sin on that great day of judgment. You can get by with a lot of things not being very clean, but not being cleansed of your sin on that great day. But Jesus concealed himself for a time, but no longer. We are to tell others of the great and wonderful works of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Christ. Go and tell others. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we thank you for this, your holy word, and we pray that you would help us to eagerly speak of your Son, Jesus, the only one who can make us clean and who can make our friends and neighbors and family clean. May your gospel go forth and that you would cleanse many of their sins. For we ask this all in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.